on down, no time for a resty Sharp on your blades as we go on a questy Feel the power deep in your chesty Never you fear, cause we're hashtag blessedy Ready or not Give it all you've got Put it to the testy Shut, that's right, I said testy Come on down Three besties and a guestie, come on down. Three besties and a guestie, come on. Hello, and welcome back to my friends and my new guesties. We are playing Gothwarts. Yes, it is um, Hogwarts, but it is my own freaking idea. Thank you very much. Uh, my idea is that we are basically playing the South Park goth kids at Hogwarts, so no freaking jocks allowed, bitches. No nimbly pimbly hoity twitty me 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 me. My daddy is all special and rich and I think that I deserve a Barbie Lamborghini blah blah blah. Anyways, I would like to say hello to my Besties. Hello, my besties. Hello, besties. What up? Uh, and then hello, my guesties. Hello, guesties. What's up? What's good, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> All right, we'll get to introducing everybody in just a second, but I would like to just kind of get the same set for our game. So basically... You guys are at your houses, at home or wherever it is. I don't know anything about your characters at all. We're all going to learn everything as we are starting uh, right now. Um, so you guys are at your homes, your houses, and you are turning 11 years old. And you are just hanging out and all of a sudden, you hear a familiar sound of wings flapping and owls hoo-hooing. And a letter gets dropped into your mailbox. Kimmy, who is your character and where are so, you? So, Rowena is at home and she's sitting in her room rolling a hand-rolled clove cigarette. Okay. Where um, is Rowena from? Um, it's definitely in some small village. It's not a lot of people here. She likes to be by herself, so she doesn't really have to worry about anyone because she stands out like a sore thumb. She has really bright, it's almost like a bluish-purple eyes, and she has long black hair with a thick silver streak running down the front. And she much likes her own company, plus her adorable cat, Raven, who usually hangs out with her and sleeps next to her and does everything with her. That's like her only friend. So she'd be sitting there and just, you know, being just all by herself, not worried about anybody else, getting ready to light this clove cigarette as an 11 year old would do. <laughs> of course, it's 1969 Britain, right? Yes, you know, what 11 year old <laughs> is, is not going to do this. 
<laughs> so then when she hears uh, the mailbox, she's we're gonna look around very curiously, like what it's it's either too early or too late. I haven't really been paying attention to the time. Um, in her room, like uh, by the window sills, she has all these plants and herbs growing and all sorts of different things. So you have like carnivorous plants and you have poisonous plants and her cat Raven knows to stay far away from them because obviously she doesn't want her cat to die. Of course. So she hears the mailbox and she goes downstairs. The house is empty. No one's home. And she'll go and open it up and pull out this this letter, this piece of paper. Like, what? She's gonna look around, make sure nobody's watching her, because this is just weird. There should be no mail coming right now, and I'm pretty sure it's a Sunday. We know no <laughs> mail gets delivered on a Sunday, okay? The post doesn't There's come on Sundays. <laughs> There's no reason for this to be in the mailbox. So she's gonna run back upstairs, or run back inside to her room and slam the door shut and like fall down leaning against the door and be like, what could this be? And she'll open up the letter and just start reading it. And her eyes are going to get really wide and really big. And she's going to be like, Raven, oh my gosh, our whole world is about to begin. I'm so excited we can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm so tired of all the people here. Nobody understands us. Is uh, she muggle-born or is her parents magic? Uh, her parents are both magic, so she is a pure blood. But okay. they wanted to get out of the city, and so they had her. They wanted to raise a little family out in the middle of nowhere where they could live, you know, incognito and not worry about anything. Okay. Which All right. left a very boring life for Rowena. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, so uh, let's see here. Where did your sheet go? Ah, I just sent a new link with it. I know, I just forgot to click on it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let's see. Now, let's see. Would you have known about Hogwarts beforehand? I feel like her parents would have told her about it. Okay. Not to, um, they wouldn't like keep it kept it a secret or anything or no. You know, like they would have known like that. right before. Yes. You know, right when she's getting ready for her birthday, whatever. They're like, look, you're going to be going to a different school, and there's going to be lots of different people there. Okay. So we, you need to be prepared. Okay. So, what would um, Rowena be most interested in for, like, her classes and such things? Oh, Herbology. Give her all the plants information. Okay. Any other ones that you think that she would be most interested? Give me two more. Oh, so... That, I feel like... So, she'd probably do charms and potions. As, like, second and third. Herbology is number one to go with the plants and different stuff she can make with them. (laughs) Wonderful. All right. Uh, Tim. Yes. Who is your character and where would he be on his 11th birthday? Well, Mary can be found 
in nearly the heart of London, in, um, in a part called Kensington. Um, he lives with his mother and father in, on, uh, in the uh, building of 97 Abbotsbury Road, uh, right across from Holland Park. Uh, it's a fairly nice uh, three-story affair, brick, um, quaint trees and such to go along with the um, park across the, the road. Um, he's lived there his whole life. Um, both of his parents uh, work for uh, the Ministry of Magic. He's a pure blood. Um, okay. He is an only child and uh, the third floor is his and is uh, has been transformed for some time now into a laboratory of sorts um, filled with uh, every available chemistry and potion set that he can get his hands on legally um, and uh, yeah basically dingy he he kind of lumbers at 11 years old he is six foot two um, <laughs> Nearly 280 pounds of uh, weirdly solid matter. Um, for not getting a lot of exercise, his uh, experimentation with potions has led to some augments of sorts. Um, nothing supernatural, unfortunately, um, in his mind. Um, but... He would be mixing and sorting materials as uh, his yellow tabby Frank uh, sits in his customary spot um, on the windowsill, uh, periodically watching Mary and periodically looking over at Holland Park when a bird or squirrel happens by. So, yeah, that's where he'd be. What'd he be doing? Wonderful. So... You hear the wings flapping and the owl hooing, and what do you do when you hear the letter? Um, he will walk over to uh, a uh, what looks like a brass tube that comes up through the floor and uh, activate the uh, the the male suction uh, system that he has created. <laughs> And it will uh, draw the uh, the mail from the first floor up to the third floor, uh, where he then takes it out to uh, read and discover what he what he has been expecting for some time. Um, just not not a lot of surprises when you're the only child of two Ministry of Magic parents. Cool. All right. And he's just kind of pretty stoked about it. He's just like, yeah. Yep. It's this is what I was waiting for. In his mind, it's inevitable. Yeah. Be that good or bad. Gotcha. And uh, so what classes would Mary be most interested in? Uh, potions is by far his strongest and most, uh, really maybe his only interest. Um, next would be herbology and magic creatures. Okay. Sorry. I'm writing everything down so that that way I can prepare things. Ha <laughs> um, All right. Bubby, what would your character be doing and who are you? I am Hieronymus 
hold on. I I don't have one quite as bad as Jacob's, but <laughs> the the pronunciation that I am playing Hieronymus Beauregard Dixon the Fourth. Uh, he is a approximately five foot five. Uh, 11 year old he is of standard ish size for you know a tiny child um <clears throat> he is pale with a freckled complexion jet black hair and he is pretty stout um for his height and his age Luana is gonna have the bestest bodyguards ever hell yeah he is uh, half-blood by descent. His mother was a uh, witch, and his father just happened to, you know, whatever. Love at first sight. We don't have to get into all that shit. Uh, sure. What else? I'm missing something, ain't I? Uh, what does he look like? Uh, he has jet black hair, uh, pasty, like, pale skin. He's got, like, steely blue eyes, and uh, he's got, like, a butter face. <laughs> mama a face only a mama could love I mean to him yes <laughs> okay and what would he be doing on his 11th birthday when his letter arrives uh, I think he would be just kind of hanging out at the house uh, also there was a clarifi- clarifying question Nin- 969 or 1969 oh I 969 you clear uh He's probably, like, playing with, like, a ball in a cup, like, staring at the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> not not really doing much. He's just kind of like, the fuck is this? Just and where bored. is he from? It has to be in the UK, right? Is that... I mean, you can, you can have him from wherever you want. It is uh, our game. Dope. He, he'll be from... He'll be from not the uk he'll be from dublin how about that i'm not doing an irish accent fuck all <laughs> southern london i don't know <laughs> boy rob you fucking twat get the fuck off my street wanka that's closer to cockney yeah i don't know <laughs> he's from the south okay just south of london so it's fine. <laughs> the south. We'll, the just, south we'll just say he is from uh, southern England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, southern England. Just south of Whitechapel. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know back in the day that place was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh, it was a nightmare. Oh. I listened to... I So, I literally... I'm a, obsessed with Whitechapel. Not just because of the band, but because, like, that place was fucking insane back in the day and I listened to tons of documentaries about Whitechapel. I know so much about that place. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Alright. Um, so uh, would uh, I'm gonna call you Harry um, instead of this craziness or Bo. We're gonna call you Bo. Uh, how about that? We're gonna call I like. You Bo. I was gonna say. Bo I, I like Bo. I like Bo a little bit better than Harry. Yeah, I, I think that Harry is like not, but one that we're gonna use for this game. Sure. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fine, um, I guess. So uh, we're gonna say that people call you Bo, 
Um, <laughs> and uh, so, what was I going to ask you? Um, would you be expecting the letter from Hogwarts? No, I don't think I would be. Okay, so what would you, what would your character be doing when this letter shows up? I know you said it, he'd be playing with a ball and a cup. What, what does he do when he hears the owl and the letter shows up? He looks outside and uh, he looks at the owl and he goes, "Huh, not expecting any mail today. What's this?" And uh, he'll reach out to grab the letter from the owl and he'll look at it. All right. Um, and what are three classes that he would be looking forward to be in? Let's say Defense Against the Dark Arts, uh, Muggle Studies, and Care of Magical Creatures. Alrighty. Mr. Jacob, last but not least, and saving the best for last. Hell yeah. Alright, well, uh... Here in the land of, let's see, it's it's a it's a kingdom called, or not a kingdom, but a, a more like a duchy called uh, uh, Dunacton. Uh, it's uh, a place in the center of uh, Britain, somewhere among there. Anyways, um, there's a there's a lord, of course, sitting on a throne. The lord's name is Edward, and right behind, er, well, Edward the second, and right behind him stands his scribe, a young boy by the name of uh, Diarmuid. Or a diarmate Macadale slain at Urshelly. The, the This boy, he's he's quite tall, even for an eleven-year-old. Um, not as tall as Mary, but he's he's getting there. Um, but it's it's good to know that he is rather skinny. I mean, it's looking at his features, he's almost gaunt, um, with sunken in cheeks and whatnot. But looking at his complexion, uh, it's easy to tell that he is just. Skinny, you know his complexion is, albeit pale, it's healthy. Um, uh, he is uh, he uh, he has a very sharp, like angular features. You know, a long nose, uh, yeah, so sharp you could cut yourself on it, kind of thing. Um, and uh, oh my goodness! Yeah, right. <laughs> um, anyways, he, uh, s- sitting on the bridge. <laughs> Sitting on the bridge of his long nose is uh, um, a pair of glasses. Uh, they're silver and they have like a, a dark, almost onyx or even obsidian uh, lenses. And behind those uh, lenses are uh, uh, hazel eyes. They're uh, um, uh, they're really bright and vibrant. You know, on the outside they're uh, they're like this this uh, dark green color. Um, you know, crystal clear. And then um, going on the inside, they turn or they turn this bluish color. Um, almost like a, like a cerulean or a sapphire. And then there are flecks of like this amberish brown that go around his pupil that looks like you know, the rays of the sun. Uh, it's, it's almost reminiscent of like, uh, what are they called? The hot springs over at uh, Yellowstone. Oh, okay. And his hair, yeah, his hair naturally sits back. Um, you know, the, the t- uh, it's red. It's uh, sort of like uh, this crimson color with with locks of what looked to be this, this bright, almost shiny copper. Um, and then it naturally sits on the top of his head. You know, like when you put a pair of shades on the top of your head to read or something. Um, yeah, so that, so behind the back of his head, it, it, uh, his hair sticks out. They're not like Doc from Back to the Future. It's, it's, it looks more reminiscent of like, like wind blowing on a fire. 
and uh, and uh, th- though the glasses themselves look to be for decoration, they're actually so he could see. He's he's nearsighted. You know, six feet away, he can't see a thing. Um, and the uh, boy, he uh, stands riding down for the Lord. You know, whatever the Lord wants him to. And then I suppose at this point, you know, there would be a banging on the door, and uh, in would run a uh, uh, courier of some short of so, some sort, and he would say, "Like my lord, uh, a dire mate ha- has a letter from from that place you try uh, you tried to get him into that, uh, that magic place, Hogwarts, because after all, uh, the lord, his mother and his uh, mother's mother, were all mages for this lord, though they died at a young age." He, um, but only recently has he actually awoken to his magical talents. This lord wanting a show of power and a bit of a, um, or to actually have a properly trained mage at his side, he uh, tried to get Dire Maid to go to Hogwarts. And well, looks like he was accepted. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he'd probably, he'd probably go for the letter and uh, he'd breed it and uh, yeah. Uh, he'd probably have a cocky grin on his face as he does. He's like, "Fuck yeah, I'm finally in, baby." Except he says that in his head, not out, not out loud. This eleven-year-old out there, inside yeah. thought, not an outside thought. Yes, an inside thought, not an outside thought. <laughs> and uh, he'd probably go to the, he'd probably kneel to the Lord and say, oh, "Thank you, my Lord." I'm in his very obviously eleven-year-old voice. Uh, thank you, my Lord. Uh, I finally get to go. Rather excited. I've only uh, known what my my mother told me, so glad to. I'm glad to learn more. And uh, yeah, Lord would probably go. Okay, boy, go do whatever. And uh, he would make his way outside of the make his way outside of the keep. And uh, wherever they go, uh, the uh, kids back in this day to go to Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a train yet. Yeah, just just walk. He's he's just gonna walk. All right. <laughs> just sets so off. does uh, so we're gonna say that everybody calls him Mac. Yeah. Yes. That works. <laughs> <laughs> and so Mac, what is uh, Mac's pet? Oh, sorry. Not his pet. Sorry. Um, so as he walks out of the keep's door, there's a little red fox on the outside. A uh, fox by the name of uh, uh, Nile that uh, uh, hops up behind him and uh, you know, begins uh, trotting behind uh, Diarmate, or Mac, as he uh, begins striding forward to tell his father of the news and whatnot. Awesome. Uh, so there are three classes that he would be excited about. So, as his mother was teaching him, he learned a, a thing or two about magic. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's let me pull up the sheet. His favorite class would probably probably be Transfiguration. Uh, like his hair, he likes fire. Um, he, he would probably also be into uh, divination for reasons that we will learn later. And he'd uh, quick question: What is uh, arithmancy? Number one in the uh. electives. That's oh, divination oh. with numbers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. fancy math. It's <laughs> fancy math. Fancy. Okay. It's, well, that, he... it's that Jim Carrey movie, Nine. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. 29 or whatever it was. Right. He'd probably be into, uh, 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 let's say, charms as well. Uh, just get, uh, he likes making stuff. Perfect. Yeah. 
Usually, I put myself in a corner far from everyone else. Cass nods. I'm glad we ran to... Man, I'm so glad I'm editing this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Yeah, it'll make everything a lot easier using Zencaster for this. It's a good thing we're uh, doing this together, huh? (laughs) I know, I'm so glad that we're doing this together, because it just makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's see here. Looks like we're making good time. Oh, man. I'm glad I'm editing this, because at least I can, you know, edit out the breaks. I love Zencaster. They really do do a good job of making everything easier where we can keep everything structured and together and not have to worry about matching things up and lining things up in the right spots. Yeah, exactly. Because there's like so many other podcasts out there. I hear, you know, that they all use separate audio recording things and then they all have to sync up. And then, you know, that's just hell sometimes for the editor, you know. So like with Zencaster, you don't have to do that. And it's great. I know, they really do make it a lot easier with editing and recording and removing the background noise. Yeah, they really do. And, you know, they do have this great uh, post-production process where it also makes you sound buttery smooth. And it automatically, uh, like, removes the uh and ums out of your recordings. So it just also helps with those awkward pauses, too. So, like, it, like, basically cuts out all that silence. You know, that gets kind of weird, you know, when you're not really sure what to say next. Right, it really does help fill it all in. And, you know, the fact that it's made podcasting so much easier for us with the amount of projects that we have taken on and started together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the great part about Zencaster, too, is that before you like start about podcasting you know like you think that you need all these different tools and all these different services but now those days are over because like with Zencaster they have an all-in-one podcasting platform and so you can recreate your podcast all in one place and distribute it to Spotify, Apple and all other major destinations all straight from Zencaster. definitely been worth it for us to start using this and continue using it it makes everything a lot easier for us Mm-hmm. And you know what's so great is that Zencaster loves us so much because we use them so often. Like, literally, we use them almost every day, guys. And we use them for a really long time because we have so many projects that, you know, we have to make sure that we have something that we can all basically get together on and record and have a good time and just kind of play off of each other because a lot of our stuff is all improv. Like, we're all improv comedians guys I'm just saying and um, so now they love us so much that they gave us our own code so if you guys go to zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code special episodes you'll get a 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan I want you to have the same easy experiences that I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. And I hope you guys just enjoy it just as much as we do. So make sure you guys check out Zencaster.com slash pricing and make sure to use our code special episodes to get 30% off your paid plan. Alrighty. 
So, uh, let's see. We are going to go just quickly down the line and make a couple of rolls. Um, Mimi, make me a roll of a d20. And we're going to figure out which one is going to be your one. All right. So... Let's see, I'm pulling out my dice. I've got the storm cloud set coming out. Let's do this shit. <laughs> All right. That is a 16. Okay. Okay. You will get an ash wand. And the attributes are kind, generous, and romantic, which makes a lot of fucking sense. Choose a, a look and a core. Because we already did the ambition in the wood. So when you go to page nine, on number three, what we're doing is we're gonna, we're, I'm choosing your wood and ambition, and then you guys can choose what it looks like in the core. Cool? Cool. Perfect. All right. Uh, so you got the ash. Tim. We're rolling a d20. That is a 10. All right, your wood is a vine. Hmm, okay. And that is persistent, relent, or restless, and energetic. All right, Bubby. Dope. Let's see. D20. That is the number five. All right, you get a willow, which is resilient, confident, and strong, which makes a lot of sense, too. Yes. I'm writing everything down as we go. I'm taking notes, Mimi. Are you so proud of me? <laughs> I am so proud of you. You know it. Because I have my <laughs> notes going too. So. <laughs> I think you do. Um, so then, Jacob. Uh, I rolled a 20. A 20? Okay. Yeah. Can't believe I rolled a 24 wand selection and not a first check or save. Or <laughs> <laughs> I know, darn it. <laughs> uh, so you get an oak. Oak, okay. And that is for steadfast, optimistic, and intuitive, which also makes sense. <laughs> Look at how these rolls are, man. It's like. I know, right? Like I'm fucking magical or something. It's perfect. <laughs> you know they used to call me Big Oak back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old enough to remember what vines are. <laughs> right? Or were. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, is that like a continue? No, go ahead. Oh, I was I was gonna make a stupid joke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> go ahead. oh my god, is a vine like a TikTok? that's only funny if you get it (laughs) right Uh, let's see okay so what else was I going to do oh okay so here is a very good question for all of you would all of you know each other before Hogwarts uh Diarmate would not know any of these people. He has not left, uh, like, left the uh, confines of the keep except for to go into the forest every so often with his buddies. He would not know who these people are. Okay. (laughs) 
bunch of random assholes. Um, here's how I feel. I feel that Mary and Rowena have definitely met because of his parents and her parents. Yes, definitely. So uh, I feel like they would know each other, probably not well, but they've met before. Well, would we you would even they be... probably went to the same school, like the same, like, uh, like whatever they primary. call it. Prep yeah, school? primary prep school. Thank you. Yeah, our parents went to the same Christmas parties. Right. Uh, different social circles. Uh, Rowena would know Mary as the kid everybody picked on. Okay. And he would know he would know Rowena as the really quiet girl who just stays by herself. Right. He he would have taken note of someone who didn't make fun of him. Yeah. Okay. Bubby, what about your character? Uh, I don't know. To be completely honest, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, maybe in like passing, but like doesn't like actually know them. Like sees them around town, but like never really took much uh, uh, knowledge of them. Yeah. Okay. Everybody everybody just kind of like didn't notice him. Okay. Everyone grab a d6. Grab. Alrighty. Yeah. I have Obtained. <laughs> and go ahead and roll it. It's a four. One. Okay. Three. Okay. Six. If you got a one or a six, re-roll it. Three. Six. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, God does not want you participating in this. I don't know what happened. Should I roll again? Yep. One. God damn, <laughs> Roll <man>. again. <laughs> ah, finally a two. Okay. Uh, Bubby, what did you get? I got a uh, three. Or, yeah, three. Whatever. And Jacob, you said you got a four, right? I got a three. Three. Okay. Someone got a four. Who got the four? I'm pretty sure it was Bubby that got the four, because I got a three, oh. too. Okay, I was going to say someone well, got, a I got a four. I got a well, four. Everybody I got a three know. except me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right. So. You guys uh, all end up on the train to get to Hogwarts, and you um, get to the front entrance, and you see, of course, Professor McGonagall. She's standing there, and she gives her speech, you know, welcome all you first-year students. Uh, We will be getting you into your houses after dinner, blah, blah, blah. All that jazz. I don't know the script, so go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so she uh, guides you over to the, uh, you know, the big dining hall. Oh, actually, are we all in the roll twenty? Yes, I believe so. I I am not. Uh, all right. Let's see. I wasn't in the group chat. Well, that's okay. I completely forgot. I even fucking had it. <laughs> I can't believe you would forgive me, Cassandra. Uh, no, I for- I forgot that I even had the roll twenty. Yeah, right. Oh, okay, so let's see. <laughs> okay, let's see. All right, yep, got that up. All right, so you guys uh, ride the train up. You see, of course, the big castle and everything. Do you need the link, Jacob? Yes, I do. Okay, I'll grab you. 
Uh, I would I would like to note real quick while Cass does that. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, there it is. Uh, as Diamond walks, it's uh, it's not a walk. It's uh, it's it's not like a stride. It's not a it's it's not even a strut. Now this motherfucker saunters his way down to the drawing <laughs> tram or whatever the fuck it is. You know, he's got a cocky lopsided. Yeah, he he's got a cocky lopsided grin. This guy, this guy is king of the world right now. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at him called slick back. Let's see. <laughs> All right. So do you guys see the picture that yeah. I have on the screen? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. So you ride the train up and you, of course, see this iconic view of the wonderful castle. And then, of course, you go up these stairs uh, to see, of course, the ma- this wonderful, beautiful staircase over here. And um, then uh, she guides you over to the dining room. Ooh, ah. Uh, oh, it's so pretty. So pretty. And of course, you see everybody there, and they're all eating, or, you know, everybody's getting ready to eat. Uh, Dumbledore stands up and does his, you know, his speech about new students and wonderful things, and we expect great things from all of you people. And then uh, he claps his hands, and the food of course, uh, appears in front of you, and as you guys are eating, uh, Professor McGonagall gets up with the sorting hat, and she calls upon Duramut Mac Mac. We're gonna go for it, Mac. Let's go, Mac. Alright. And yeah, he's going to start sauntering up there, but all the while, he's going to be thinking of something. He's going to be thinking, you fool, you absolute buffoon, to butcher my name like that, my namesake, my family. I cannot believe anyone would do this. Mind you, he doesn't let this show on his face. You know, if anything, it's a twitch in his eye that's blocked by his glasses. But he's, uh, as he's walking up there, he's, what is her name again? It's... It's McGonagall, I think. Pathetic. The whole of Britannia, <laughs> the whole of Britannia shall rule the day. Rule the day. Your very <laughs> grandfather decided. <laughs> your grandparents decided to sire your father. I will make sure of it. He starts striding up the stairs. He thinks to himself, "It's." Uh, I shall pillage your cities. I shall, I shall stride through the uh, or through the graves of your ancestors. I shall, um, I shall fall the whole of Britannia, but only you shall remain. And he makes eye contact with McGonagall, but there's absolutely nothing but behind this mischievous smile that he puts on. <laughs> only you shall remain. The final candle within a or within a once bright monastery, the flicker. Waiting for him to pull out the Highlander sword. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. The flicker which once was ablaze. All this for one reason: to bear witness to my ultimate will and final testament. Bro, you think he does protest too much. 
Can we have a roll of vicious mockery? <laughs> yeah, right? You shall fall, woman, but not due to my hand. No, this was because you dare to, to, disres- <laughs> to dare disrespect my family. <laughs> he puts the hat on his head while he's still trying to figure out, like, I see him just standing there, just, like, not sitting down in front of the the stool, and she just finally, like, gives up and puts the hat on his head and the hat goes, oh, yes! Oh, some dark one here! Ravenclaw! Oh, really? That works. He, uh, he then strides <laughs> back down to his, uh, seat. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking beautiful. Uh, I think somebody has a crush on McGonagall. I, 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 just need some, I just need some like some sort of uh, like vicious mockery roll for them. Like, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like that's some psychic damage to somebody. Yeah, I right. mean, I, let's let's roll a two d six plus. Uh, let's see, cunning. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's saying this in his head. Remember, right? He's no, not I get it. Okay. We're, so, we're just seeing if uh, McGonagall or anybody else can feel this. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's like if you were to look at his eyes, there's just malice, but the glasses cover it up. <laughs> so a 26 plus 2. So with this, um, uh, so I got a 2 in cunning. So is that like what I would, uh, or would I just uh, add, to add to it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. You add to what your dice rolls. Okay. It's a 6. Okay. Um, there's a couple of people that are like, that are feeling it, but it's not, it's not. It's yeah. It's it's not too too intense. Yeah, that's that's good. He he wants to hide this sort of thing. Like he's he's trying to brood, but he's like brooding not too hard. Like he his mind is like is going off on this tangent, but like he's really just not like brooding as hard as he thinks he is. Right. Well, no. See, he's he's trying to hide it. You see, he's uh. <laughs> He's not trying to outwardly project his complete and utter malice for the Anglo-Saxon race. He just, uh, he just, uh, he, he's, he's trying to hide it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mar- Mary rolled a, a 11 cunning to, uh, notice. Okay. Did not say anything. <laughs> Perfect. Just, just kind of watching him. Oh sure. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. So, so, Mac, you you look over and you see this huge boy with just dead gray eyes watching you, but there's no expression. Right. It's it's like the only person who like who like matches his height. Like, uh, like this guy's like six foot, right? But Mary's six four. So uh, two. So, so yeah. six two, right? Yeah. So it's it's like it's like, I'm guessing they would look at each other and like Mary would be uh you know deadpan, but uh, this guy mm-hmm. he, he just grin a little wider, and you know show his canines and shit, you know real edgy stuff. Perfect. But uh, yeah, and, and that is. Oh yeah, certainly. I would like to add that that twelve or that eleven was a twelve. He has minus one cunning. So. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> nice. 
All right, uh, Bubby. So uh, she's gonna get back up there, and she's gonna get all right. Hieronymus Beauregard Dixon the Falls. Uh, yeah. And he stands up and walks to the front. And the whole time he's just thinking of, like, happy thoughts and shit. There's no malice. There's no anger. There's no... <laughs> he's just torn. like, oh, look! A butterfly Squirrel, so neat! Unicorns! Yeah, right. It's like there was, like, a thundercloud above the whole place, but now it's just, like, sunshine and rainbows and shit. Damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right! Alright, so, Bubby, you make your way up to the the podium, and uh, you sit down on the... Uh, the stool and McGonagall puts the hat on your head and he gives a ha oh, <laughs> what a funny little one here oh yes wonderful wonderful Slytherin oh my god <laughs> what <laughs> the, the- Bluey's, Bluey hasn't been invented yet but in, the, in his head the Bluey Ch- thing and then she like pulls the hat up off of his head and she taps him on the shoulder you're in Slytherin now go oh okay thank thank you Dire Mate would look at him a little like not not enviously he's like I wanted Slytherin because he is still 11 years old oh yeah sure uh, so then McGonagall, she pulls out her scroll again, and she goes, Mary Shelley! So, Mary stands up, um, and begins walking up, but it's a trudge. Um, he's not strutting or walking, he is almost dragging his feet, and, uh, the mood is dead. Very much dead. <laughs> All right. You make your way up to the stage and... Uh, the stool creaks under him, yeah. Yeah, and sit down on the podium, or sit down on the stool, and uh, she puts the hat on your head, and he says, Ah, oh, aha, uh-huh. yes, yes, very good bloodline here. Wonderful, wonderful. Hufflepuff, I think, would be good for you. Yes, Hufflepuff. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I have to add whatever to my notes. Because <laughs> it just sets it right there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Okay, so she pulls out her scroll one more time and she says, Rowena! Uh, Rowena! Olienda. Yes. She's, of course, she's wiggling her glasses trying to read because she is very old and cannot read letters anymore. So she moves her glasses around on her, her little nose, you know, those little bifocals, just those little nose, and uh, waits for Rowena Olienda to come to the podium. So Rowena is just going to walk up very quietly and just looking around and she sees Mary and she does like a little head nod to him like what's up like long time no see this is humiliating and I can't believe I'm going through it with this This he just stares at her (laughs) (laughs) 
Does, does he do a hair flip? No. Nope. Zero fox. <laughs> so Rowena's gonna pull the hood of her cape down as she gets up and she's gonna sit on the stool and just dreading it. Absolutely dreading it. So she puts the hat on her head and the hat goes, oh, whoa, this one. I, I see wonderful things from this. Oh, whoa. Okay, never mind. Oh, wait, there we go again. No, I'm not sure about this one. Ravenclaw. Yeah, it's like you saw her facial expressions going like her eyes shifting from side to side. Like, what's, what is going on? What the oh hell is God. this? Wait, how, what just yeah. happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> So she's gonna roll her eyes and yeah. get down off the Diamond would chuckle and just put her hood yeah. back. He up. would chuckle, like thinking he would catch on to what the hat's doing, and like be like, "Heh, making fun of her, nice." Nice. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, so you guys are all separated into your houses, and you guys finish up dinner, and uh, of course after dinner you guys follow your um, houseboy and house girl to uh, your prospective houses, and uh, then that's where we are going to end this episode. What, uh, so just for just, uh, like, like the ending part of it, like the end credits, um, what would Rowena be doing once she gets to the Ravenclaw, um, area, like house area? So she would be just basically talking to herself, but this is ridiculous. I just, I can't believe this. This is humiliating. What that thing even say about me? This stupid hat doesn't know any better. And she's just setting up her plants next to her bed. She's always going to have her poisonous plants and her carnivorous plants. And then her cat Raven's going to be sleeping on top of the blankets. Just passed out. Just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Alright. Sweet. Uh, all right. Um, Jacob, same question. What would, what would Mac be doing once he gets up to his his house and picks out? His uh, bed? he would probably continue the inner monologue. He's just been mo- inner monologuing the whole time about how he's going to fall <laughs> this country. He, he 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 just he just thinks to himself. He yeah, he he like almost backtracks. He's like, hmm, maybe I should have given her a second chance. No, I've given them curtsy enough. They will all fall. But alas, right now it is time for rest. And his little his little fennec fox that whose uh, uh, whose coat matches the color of his hair will jump up onto the bed and you know roll up and whatnot. And uh, he thinks to himself, "Tomorrow, tomorrow I will begin plotting. Tomorrow will begin the fall of this country." And he goes to sleep. <laughs> wow! Yeah. yeah, so glad I'm in the same house as that one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, oh, mind you, he's he he's affable as hell. You know, everyone like he he just looks like he's affable. He's very good at creating that facade kind of thing. Awesome. 
All right, uh, Bubby, what would uh, Bo be doing once he gets up to the Slytherin, or get I get I guess down to the Slytherin house because theirs was like down in the basement. In yeah. the basement, <laughs> they're it's like below in the, the basement. Raven <laughs> yeah, claws up in a tower, and Slytherins in the basement. It's just, yeah. the, clo- it's just the closet under the stairs that Harry used to live in. That's the whole house. <laughs> That's all Slytherin gets. Alright, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, so no, he's just kind of like, he's just looking at everything. He's like, wow, this is this is pretty, pretty nifty. And he's just kind of like looking at everything. He's trying not to touch everything because, you know, this is a lot more shit than he's used to seeing on a normal everyday basis. Uh, and he's just also, trying it's not a magical to, shit. Yeah, he's just trying not to touch anything. And he's like... <laughs> not casting any spells, but he's like, like whipping his wand back and forth in front of him. He's just like, he's having a good old time, and he's just like, do 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 do, and he walks around, like he kind of like explores a little bit, then goes and finds his room or the the place where, like his bunk, and I think he'll probably just kind of like he'll lay down and he'll be like his best first day ever, and uh, <laughs> and then he kind of goes to bed. And, all right, Tim. What does Mary do? Well, Mary's uh, entrance into the Hufflepuff house um, would have been eventful for anyone, and was eventful for all of the first years along with him. Um, but he was concentrated more on um, remembering the spell his mother taught him um, for just such an occasion. Um, so when he makes it to his room, which is mostly a, a circular bricked room, um, he asks in, in no way attempting to uh, be mean about it, but asks uh, his neighbor uh, roommate uh, who has the bed next to him to move the bed to the other side of the room with the other two. Um as he begins to set up his uh, potion lab, um, before which he uh, starts to use um, the uh, Tergio spell uh, charm as he cleans all of the happy dust and particles that have gathered in this room from the countless Hufflepuffs that enjoy that kind of thing. Um, and okay. cleans it all out and sets up his uh, his potion uh, table and, and set um, spends most of until lights out um, doing that and uh, when he's done um, it's uh, off to bed and uh, Frank um, the cat um decides to uh, sleep uh, curled up at the foot of one of the other roommates' beds um, and kind of is a bully about it and pushes their owl kind of out of the way um, to just kind of hang out there and claim a spot that um, is not anywhere near Mary. Um, (laughs) And that's how they call it a night. Nice. All right. Well, make sure uh, 
Everyone follows and rates and reviews anywhere that you get your podcasts. And uh, make sure that you check out all of the rest of our stuff. Make sure you check out Tim on all of his stuff. Uh, make, uh, Tim, plug your stuff. Uh, the new year coming. Uh, I'll prob- probably be over on um, <laughs> Lanata Eterna, uh, which uh, is a 5e mod. And over on Wanderer's Haven as well. Um, so nice. a few other places, I think. But we'll we'll see what the new year brings. It's, it's all in the air right now. Yeah. Well, if you have any past stuff, I know you have Rainbows and Razor Blades and then stuff with Guild Superior. Yeah, you can catch up on season two, on season three. We're about halfway through um, oh, yeah. over over there. Nice. Um, with my, my murder hobo Lobo. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. All right, and then, of course, you'll be able to find us on any of the Three Besties productions that you search and find. Uh, You'll be able to, uh, let's see, I know that we've got the links underneath the show notes, and I hope that you guys have a really great day. Bye! Ciao! See ya! Three Besties and a Gasty is a podcast and isn't scientifically proven to do anything. However, you should still listen to it anyway because it's pretty cool. Okay, thanks. Bye. Brought to you by World Presenia Collaborations. Whatever.